Okay, Cody and Jared coming in with a new six-pack discussions episode. Jared, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about, um, you know, the the recent, I guess, uprising, I want to call it, you know, with a lot of different states kind of joining on the bandwagon of making marijuana recreationally legal. Yep. Um, so you and I were just going to kind of iron out, why stop there? Is it smart to stop there? Uh, what's kind of next steps? What's logical next steps, right? Yeah, no, and uh, we're coming at you guys today. We're drinking a St. Archer um, Brewing Blonde Ale. Uh, we'll give you guys a recommendation on it um, right after our first beer, but we just cracked it open. Yeah, my, uh, I think we talked about uh, marijuana pretty extensively in episode 17. I think that that's right. the one I was, uh, I think that's the one I looked at. So episode 17, we talked about marijuana. Should we make it legal? I think we were kind of on a similar page. It's like, you know what? At this point, it doesn't feel like it's a problem. That's no. what I think our result was of that yeah. episode. Is yeah, both, both of us were able to stack hands pretty, pretty soundly on that one. Yeah, we kind of said, hey, alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, why are we stopping here? Now... Moving on to the next kind of drug, I guess, list. Just take it up a notch. <laughs> Cocaine, heroin, meth, yeah. LSDs, mushrooms. Oh, yeah. The list is actually pretty thick, right? Fentanyl, right? You're talking about a lot of drugs here. That's so what's killing a lot of people right now. Exactly. And so if you start going through the list and saying, you know what? Why are we stopping at marijuana? Why is it illegal to do all those other drugs then? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today is... I think it's a little more complicated than weed. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so uh, really just I want to take one step back here as far as the principle or the pillar of what we're kind of talking about. So as, as many of you likely know, I believe it was about a year ago, pretty Good. soon here. Yeah, perfect. Um, Oregon decided to decriminalize all of these, the cocaine, the meth, et cetera, yeah. um, to where I, I believe it's it's nothing more than a slap on the hand. It's a citation and a $100 fine. And that $100 fine gets waived if you agree to go do like a health screening. Or yeah, something. so if you're probably, if you mean you, I'm thinking this is how it would work in Oregon. We don't live there, of course, for all of our listeners, but maybe somebody from Oregon can, can correct us. But $100 fine, so great. Or you just show up and do a health screening. So if you're probably me or Jared, when we have stable jobs, we have stable families, if we just had a little bit of cocaine on our person and we got stopped for a traffic stop, I think we'd say, yeah, hey, I'll show up, do my health screening. I think mentally, we're probably both going to come back stable. Yeah. And they'll probably be like, okay, well, you're waived. You're good to go. Yeah. Um, That's my understanding of it right now. So the only people that probably are going to be penalized are people that maybe have possible mental illness, things like that. And now they're going to have to pay that $100 fine. So one thing I did notice, I don't know if you saw this, but um, since the, the law has been kind of in effect for the last year, it's about a year now, I think. I think it went yeah. into effect February of last year. Um, people just don't show up to their court-ordered appointments if they're in that position. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody that's kind of law-abiding, probably just a normal person of society, you're not having any issues, you're probably just going to get it waived. If you are having problems and you probably actually need help, why the hell would you go to that screen? You're just not showing up. Yeah, which is interesting, right, to kind of think through that. Um, one other thing I want to go through the organ and then you can, of course, jump in on any of it. Um, so since the laws changed uh, a couple of stats here, the rest for these types of drugs have reduced by 73%. Well, because there was about 9,000 prior to this, correct? I think it's like now like 1,800 or 2,000. So 73% reduction in arrest. So, you know, actually officers arresting you for, you know, uh, carrying around, I don't know the measurements here, guys, but two, three grams of cocaine. Yeah, it's like 40 hits of LSD. Yeah. yeah it's a lot of different yeah. increments. Yeah. Um, so 73% rather. and then a 90% reduction in um, convictions. So actually, that one I didn't see. So the actual convictions judge convictions. So they pretty much said, hey, guys, you got arrested. Okay, why? And I think pretty much the other 10% are people that are probably looking to sell. Mm-hmm. They probably have larger quantities on them. Around a school, exactly things like, that, things you know. like that. So ninety percent of people are pretty much saying, "Hey, the judges are like, guys, this is now not illegal. Yeah, you had the right amount. We're not going to charge you for anything." Mm-hmm. So it's kind of some nice stats to kind of know what's going on there. Do you so, see anything else about the Oregon stuff? So uh, no, but it's one of those things where, and maybe I'm I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but whatever. <laughs> um, I did have a couple more about Oregon, but okay, uh, if you want to hyper focus on Oregon, because I, I want to get a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Um. I thought this was interesting. No chain property crime. So one of the biggest um, things, uh, I guess, against the right. bi- before the bill passed, Measure 101, I think it was 110? Yeah, 110, measure, yes. Yeah, Measure 10. All the people that were against it, they said that there would be an increase in property crime, which usually more drugs do cool property crime because right. people try to pay for their drugs. Yep, get money, steal um, it. Uh, and 
property crime is essentially just me breaking into a house and trying yeah. to steal valuables, cash, your car, yeah. things like that. Um, year over year, there hasn't been an increase in property crime. Now that is a short little you know window sample, size, sample yeah. size, but year over year in Oregon, property crime has not increased dramatically to any point. Statistically irrelevant. Well, also it's been on lockdown too. That That's year. yeah, but lockdown creates a lot of crime. I feel like. I don't know. I don't yeah, know actually. Whatever. Last little thing about it is. Um, I guess one of the ways that they really were able to get this pushed is a lot of the proponents of it um, and advocates for the bill, they stated that they're going to really take the money that was going to... And redirect it. And redirect it. All the money that would have been used to enforce the laws and redirect it to counseling and consulting sessions. It's a pretty significant amount of money. I think it's, what, $30 million or... What did I read? I don't know. I thought I saw $250 million at one point. Oh, wow. I thought I saw $30 million. Okay. So, anyways, re- yeah. a, a significant amount of money that they're yeah. redirecting here. And so far, the hotline and the amount of people that have kind of worked through this um, consulting or the counseling sessions, you want to take a number? I don't know if you saw the number, but no, the I number didn't. of people, it's pretty low. It's actually at 51 people over a year. 51, one, five, one. Yeah. So, oh, 51 people, what? Have, have called in and, and looked for help. So, so over a year, fifty-one people out of these. Let's call it just for argument because we do have this. You know, nine thousand people last year. Those know, people that were prior arrested. to yeah, yeah, were arrested. So way more than that. But it's yeah. going to be way more than that that are actually using it. But you know, just of those nine thousand, only fifty-one are calling in to help. So while all this redirected funds is potentially hundreds of millions, and I saw tens of millions. You saw hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars being redirected on towards these um, more healthy, more sustainable living lifestyle. Yeah. 51 are taken advantage of? Yeah, and I think what the idea there is, there's some people now looking back and they're saying, guys, I, I don't know if that money was pushed into the right direction, if it's maybe getting wasted now. Um, but anyways, I, I'm not trying to say it was with the wrong intent. I think the intent was good, mm-hmm. right? Let's help people get off these drugs. But some people don't want to get off of them, clearly. No, no. 51 people do. Maybe not even all of them. Like maybe one of them were just in a bad situation. Maybe one's court ordered, honestly. Exactly. Oh no! So here's the problem. I looked that up too. Guess what's also decreased dramatically? Because guess how many people are going to court? Nobody is going to court anymore because mm-hmm. no one's getting arrested. Gotcha. Seventy-three percent reduction in arrest. No court ordered um, counseling sessions, health screenings, things like that. So the uh, court ordered treatments are at an all-time low in Oregon. So you have a lot more people that are essentially just saying, now I can use without any type of penalty. I don't have to do court-ordered treatments. It's a little bit easier to use entirely. Uh, drugs. You know, so, kind of weird. so I, I really don't want this podcast to be hyper-focused on Oregon. Of course, no, we yeah. just needed to yeah. share you know, the Oregon stats simply from They're our the precedent standpoint. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I do want to take this more nationally, right? You know, that's where I really want to focus this. Yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you think about the idea of decriminalizing all these, you know, the, the cocaines, the um, meth, the fentanyl, et cetera, the mushrooms. Yeah, so you, I'm running one beer in, buddy, and you're always looking, you're already looking uh, for my. I, are you just kind of getting gut gut check here? Just, just a little, just a little vector here. I mean, mm-hmm. because whenever I was really thinking about this, and I was I was trying to prep for it, you know, oftentimes I feel like a lot of these podcasts, you and I. We find it very difficult to enforce um, simply because, you know, the, the where do you want the government stepping in and how? Yeah. And, and more often than not, I feel like you and I are often saying, don't hey, step in. Yeah, right. don't step in. You just kind of let the people, you know, figure it out, figure it let out, you market. Know, be free, market, et cetera. But to a certain extent, like that's kind of why we have the government for our protection of certain things, right? Yeah, well. The overall health of the society. That's that's. One of its purposes, right? Yeah. No, it is. And, and, and I think this is a fine line. And this is where the proponents and the opponents talk about drugs. It's like, hey, liberty means that you have the ability to do what you want with your own body and your own self. That's what liberty is. right? I can choose to do something as long as it does not affect somebody else's liberty. So it's weird as a, as a pillar of the U.S., you know, our constitution, our model, right, is, is hey – if I want to do this, as long as I don't infringe on negatively impact someone else, yeah. yeah. Would you say it's too far of a stretch? Let's say I. Let's take me for example. I am a method, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I have let all of my net worth that I've accumulated to date go to the shitter. I 
am constantly hitting up my friends and family. I am literally a a burden, a burden on society, a burden on every every person I come across. Is that not? It, it, could you not make the case that I'm impacting someone else's liberty? I.e., you are now having to make up for my degradation on society. So, liberty means that I can choose to help you or not. Not, I'm not getting told to help you or not. So say you are my brother, right? And you are having problems. And, you know, we don't, maybe our parents passed away or whatever it may be, but really I'm like the only person. Just in your you life. and I. Yeah, yeah, right. And you got, you know, you, you, had, you were divorced. You went through all the problems that drugs can take you down. And now you're sleeping on my couch. And I'm like, hey, Jared, dude, you've been on my couch for like three months. I need you to get a job. I need you all that kind of stuff. At a certain point, I can kick you out of my house. Mm-hmm. Or I can be the loving brother and I can provide for a certain period of time. That's my own choice. And, and I get it. Are you infringing on my ability to say yes or no? It's the amount of love I have, essentially. It puts you in an awkward position. It puts you in an awkward yeah, position. Yeah, and I get what you're saying. is It is you're doing it. And I'm kind of enabling it to some extent as well. Yes, that's exactly what I'm getting at. So should the government jump in between? Now, let me kind of put this on its head because I, I kind of agree with you. Okay. But this is where I'm like, I don't want to do that. What if the government comes in and says, hey, Cody, your brother is having problems. You have a room, right, in your house? Because we can see, you know, you own a bedroom house. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's uh, going to sleep with you for the next six months. Mm. Would you have a problem with that? Mm. You see how it, as soon as they jump in between, if they're, allow- if they're allowed to tell you what you can't put in your body, are they allowed now to tell me when I need to help you? They should be able to because they can tell you what you can put in your body. They can control your liberty. Why can't they control my liberty? That's a good point. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a slippery slope as far as the government telling you what to put in your body. Because all of a sudden they can tell other people how much they need to help other people. I, I mean, I know it's not this this particular podcast, but with the uh, proposed vaccine mandates, right? I mean, 100%. that is the government telling you what you can or what and you will have to. and will yeah. in order to... Hell, um, have a job. Yeah, have a job. Yeah. If you're a federal employee, guess what? You have to do a certain thing, yeah. which whether you're for it or against it, which is a whole other can of worms, but it's still overstepping in some possibly. Yeah. Um. So here's, you kind of said your gut. Yeah. I'm kind of with you, man. I, I do not. I think I'm more anti-drug than you are. I think we're probably on the same page, but I'm probably like been always very, very straight line you, on. Exactly. You, you just traditionally are a lot more black and white than I am. Yeah. Right. You, I think have maybe changed, I've changed my opinion on it yeah. a little bit on like what other people can do. I used to be like, Hey, if you do any drugs, like, I don't know if I want to be friends with you kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And that was my hard line. And I've changed that over the years, of course, as I'm like, wait, why am I telling people what they should? I, I like you as a person. Great. Doesn't matter. I yeah. think you're the same way. You've yeah. been more like that for yeah. the longer term. Um, so looking at this, it's kind of weird because I'm like, I'm still not for people doing things that are going to harm their body. And that's what's – yeah. So, so I'm with you, man. Yeah. And I think you and I are aligned. But in that same breath, who the hell is the government I know. to tell you – Or me. Or you or I. Because the government anyone for is that matter. us. Yeah, if agreed. you think about collectively, it. Right? Collectively. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. And, and that's where it's very difficult because honestly, <laughs> there are a lot of successful investment bankers who are cokeheads because they work 20 hours a day. <laughs> Probably some of the best artists that people buy their art for $80 million. Every freaking mushroom known to man has been adjusted yeah, by them. Yeah, exactly. Hallucinogens. Yeah. So, I mean, you think Salvador Dali with those melting clocks was was not stoned out of his mind? You're out of your freaking mind. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm guessing some... It, it was Dali, right? Am I yeah, going to sound like a... Yeah, dumb? Okay. <laughs> um, I'm thinking like engineers. Uh, actually, there's studies on this at MIT where they have placed engineers in lab experiments and they've given them problems. And the ones that were on L- had small amounts of LSD were able to solve the problems that the other engineers that were not taking drugs could not solve. Look, you randomized, know, which is kind of interesting. So, so it is interesting. So it, it's almost like not that LSD was its in, its intended purpose upon you know the chemical compounds that were created to originally create this drug. I don't know what the original intent is, and I'm not going to pretend that I do. Yeah, me neither. But just for argument's sake, let's call it. I am the creator of LSD, and my whole 
foundational pillar for me creating this this drug, this substance, this chemical compound, was for engineers or like-minded people like that. To enlighten maybe To, to take a little edge off, to, to maybe think things a little differently, to outside get outside of the box just a yeah. little bit, right? Let's say that was my intended purpose. And it very well could have been, honestly. It's a great intent, really. But with all things, whether it's alcohol, whether it's LSD, hell, whether it's Tide Pods, as we learned a few years ago. Bleach. People are, yeah. Bleach, yeah. <laughs> people are going to abuse its intended purpose. And what I feel like the government has to think of is that second and third order effect. If I, I mean, do you know how many beers you have to drink in order to actually do, you know, immediate harm to where you have to get your stomach pumped? I mean, it's it's an insurmountable, right? Yeah. To whereas with LSD, with cocaine, with meth, etc., the amount's really not that much between you could actually be in a real harmful situation. Death. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Dad. Well, let's take it to that extreme because it is a very real, it real happens possibility. all the time. So that's where I'm a little apprehensive because I, I, I catch myself whenever I say this, like, oh, you know, the government should step in and, hey, only X, Y, and Z is legal substance and now A, B, and C is not. And it, it kind of makes myself cringe because I really don't like the government, you know, arbitrarily saying, yeah. hey, you know, this is good for you, this is not, especially whenever we start, you know, kind of dove into that uh, pharmaceuticals episode that we did and Hell, you know, what was once legal, i.e. meth, let, let's call it what it is, is now just re-prescribed as uh, Ritalin, right? And heroin. We got opioids. Yeah. Right? With uh, with uh, the painkillers. Yeah, Oxycontin. Yeah. No, I am I, with you. It is, it is, I can see why this is kind of complex from a policymaker standpoint. They're like, guys, I don't want to see an increase on people going down these bad paths. Like that's that would be the only that's, reason that's detrimental to society yeah. if this actually. I mean, because it is clearly addictive. I mean, these yeah. people will sell their mother for another hit, <laughs> and, right? And, and it's not like it's even detrimental. I, maybe on society's level, to family members, to your best friend. Right? These are these are relevant to you know people that you know you love. You know, I bet you most of our listeners, probably both of us, know somebody within our you know let's say circle of 50, 60 people. Unfortunately, that have taken. The, doubt, the, the dark path of drugs and whether and they're it gets out of real it or dark not. real quick. Exactly. And so if I was a policymaker, I'd be, man, uh, my, my cousin, you know, my uncle or my aunt, uh, I would never want more people going down that path. So why don't I just prevent it by having a war on drugs? Yeah. Why don't I just prevent it by making it illegal? Why don't I just, why don't, why would I change the law? And so maybe we we just cracked our second beer. Yeah, here. yeah. So I want so you to finish it. your thought, though. No, no. I, okay, okay. I was gonna, yeah, I'm going to pause. Okay. So uh, okay, know, we'll talk about the solution possibly. So as cozy, <laughs> cozy uh, as Cody introduced, this is the uh, Saint Archer uh, California Brewing Company. It's their blonde ale, um, pretty basic can. It, it honestly not gonna the, the box that it came in is a lot more alluring than the can itself. It's just kind of a basic silver can. Um, but anyways, this is a, this is a solid drinking beer. Uh, let's see. So. Classic Blondale. Yeah. Uh, you know, what you see is what you get on this. Uh, not going to, you know, go thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm just going to say this is an honest, you know, 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. Yeah. Okay. yeah, St. Archer, you guys did pretty good. You guys out of California, it looks like. Um, let's see here on the back. St. Archer Brewing Company was founded on a unique strain of creative talent, world-class brewers, artists, and musicians, surfers, skateboarders, and snowboarders. Holy smokes, you guys have a lot of co-founders with every one of you, or maybe one person does it all. all. I mean, those are a lot of overlapping. Right. All coming together with passion and commitment to express our collective true love, craft beer. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. We hope our taste, uh, I hope you taste our appreciation and gratitude in every sip. Guys, I, I do. This is, you taste, it tastes like you guys actually do care. Um, you guys are at a 4.8 here, alcohol per volume. Um could drink this any day i think i think oh yeah yeah this is a good day drinker yeah yeah it's not um gonna make you kind of be like "Eh, i'm good after two i'm gonna go three five so we're we're same same neighborhood same same neighborhood nice job guys overall thumbs up i'd say i mean but it's just not gonna make you any money not gonna lose you any money i close my eyes and say okay maybe this is like another blonde ale it's not like it's a distinct that's what i said i mean i I guess if i have to edge it up thumbs up because it is in those threes right it's Mm -hmm. passing but uh it's just a average plus Oh, yeah, 100%. No, so my point, um, we can kind of get into some ideas on how we probably fix or, or, or not fix it, yeah. right? whether they think it's a problem or not. I think we both say that there's a problem, but... There's a problem, but I, I, I don't know what the solution is right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and we'll get into that later. So one of the things I wanted to bring up before we get to what the government should or should not do, 
with legalizing or decriminalizing or any of that kind of stuff. I wanted to just talk about one thing because it, it may change your opinion because it kind of made me start thinking. What you got? So Pew Research, they do a lot of research here, I guess, in the and RAND Research as well. They both have a bunch of articles, and I guess this is already getting a lot of traction in Canada, and it's starting to move into the U.S. Oregon kind of mentioned this a lot. Washington is now talking about this policy a lot. But they're essentially stating it as substance use disorder. I don't know if you heard that terminology. Not yet. Okay. So it's substance use disorder. Exactly. So this is a medical disorder, meaning that you have an you're addicted to a certain type of substance, and people that have substance use disorder should not be criminally penalized because it's actually a medically determined factor. Okay. I know your 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 neck's already crinkling up over there, buddy. I'll bite my tongue right now. Okay. And should be treated as a disease rather than a crime. That's pretty much the general consensus of Canada right now and in some states. So I wanted to just throw this example out to our listeners and to make you even make make your shoulders go higher right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If we start considering choices, I, I get it. There are certain situations that can make you go down this path. People that have a lot of pain people that are going through hard times. I get it, guys. But if we start deciding when a choice is a disorder, does that mean that if I beat my child and my wife often, that it is now a disease and I should not get any type of criminal penalty for it? Yeah, so you're saying where where's the line that's drawn? If this is if this is the precedent that we want to set, Bingo. Uh, so I actually love the fact that and and you really took the words right out of my mouth as far as um, classifying a choice because you make a decision every time that you put that syringe to your arm, every time you put that pipe to your mouth, you make a choice. Mm-hmm. It, I cannot help that I am six foot two. I cannot help that I have blue eyes. Mm-hmm. That that I, that is just my 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 medical makeup. Yes. Right. You can help if you put that pipe to your mouth. You can help if you, you know, blow one of your freaking veins, right? Um, I, I I couldn't disagree more with this. What is it? The substance abuse disorder? Substance use. Substance use disorder. Because it's not abuse. You're not abusing thank you. Thank you. It. Yeah. Thank you for the question. The substance use disorder. I couldn't disagree more. Look, I understand there are drugs. Hell, if I take melatonin, you know, a common over-the-counter sleep aid, if I take that too often, that's going to mess with my chemical imbalance, and therefore I became I become almost dependent on it. So I understand from a scientific standpoint, limited, admittedly, limited understanding here. But I do I can wrap my arms around the concept. If I continuously take a substance, my body will start creating less of it, and therefore I am chemically dependent on, for my example, melatonin. Mm-hmm. The same is true with cocaine. The same is true with meth, et cetera. You know, all Hormones, of these different drugs. Testosterone, all this Thank stuff. Thank you. Yeah, yes. everything. I, I get there is a medical dependency that is created. However, its root cause was a choice, and therefore I cannot call it a medical disorder. Yeah, and, and, I, and maybe, 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 look, like I said, admittedly, God, I am not a scientist, I'm not a chemist, I'm not a biologist. No, yeah. and I, I This is purely my opinion. Yeah, and I I think I fall in the same boat as you, and, and this is why I brought it to question, because I wanted to make sure that, like, is there something I was missing? And and yes, some people may be more susceptible, susceptible to... Yeah, environments, yeah. Uh, social class, but, et cetera, but accessibility. But you possibly could do, we could, we could take some heroin right now. We could. And tomorrow, you're like, great. Tomorrow night, I could be like, man, I need a little more heroin. I could be more susceptible to creating addiction. And that's what they're stating is, of course, the um, substance use disorder, meaning like, hey, when I start using it, I'm not going to be able to make a free choice. And I was like, guys, I don't know. Because if we open the door for choices, and I don't know what you think about my metaphor there of, hey, if I decide to start, you know, doing something that affects somebody else, <clears throat> is that now maybe open the door to that? Maybe that's a disease. Maybe that is a physical abuse disorder. I like to abuse other people to make myself feel better. It's a great synonym or a great analogy. Yeah. Right. Doesn't it feel like that opens the door to just guys, choices are choices. We cannot start to categorize 
things like that as we, we, we can't marginalize, we can't excuse the misactions of grown-ass people, Mm-mm. right? Look, kids make mistakes, grown-ups. Yes. I'm sorry, you make choices, and therefore there are consequences, sometimes negative consequences, mm-hmm. right, to your actions. And, and there has to be some sort of accountability. There can't be this, this pass. I mean, um, you know, who's that sick bastard? It's a, it's a celebrity, I believe, that is, you know, using this medical disorder of molesting children. That they're, they're trying to pass a law um, in California? Yeah, it's some it's some sick law to where it's like they're trying to decriminalize uh, pedophilia because it's a medical disorder. It's not a crime anymore. Uh, oh, I, I heard they're not trying to... Dis- am, am I getting I the verbiage here wrong? I don't know if they're trying to decriminalize it. They're trying to normalize it as a type of personality almost. Personality. Okay, that's what... Yeah. Um, so, so maybe I, I used the wrong lingo there, but... yeah. It, it, it could go there. It, it could go further, though. Yeah. I get it. it. It just makes my skin crawl whenever we are giving a pass. Let's let's call it what it is giving a pass to this this horrible behavior. I whether it's you know pedophilia, whether it's drug use, you know, whenever you're knowingly affecting yourself in a harmful like look, I have never met a successful method. I'm I, sure there are plenty out there. Maybe a listener or two out there. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to say that you can't be successful using drugs. I don't think. I don't think there's a core. Maybe there's a correlation, but what I don't want to say is, is that if you do heroin, you will be unsuccessful. I, I know you maybe don't Dude, agree. I, honestly, you you've made some hot takes on this podcast. I think I got to put my foot down. Really? Yeah, man. Uh, what is what is? I think it's the R or R squared value as far as the correlation in, in a graph. I think it's R squared value. R squared. Right? Look, if one is perfect, I would say, just because I, I'm, you know, I'm cautious and never say never, right? Nine, nine. So I will go. I'll, no, I'll, I'll go nine eight. <laughs> Dang. I'll go. I'll go nine eight. I mean, I'm sorry. There, there is probably such a positive correlation. It'll make you sick if we could ever find a way to actually capture this data, as far as contributing member society and your drug use. No, look. If you, uh, I think I'm pushing back on you, man. I think there is an immense amount of people that are using drugs. And I'm going to say designer drugs, and they are very successful. Xanax, okay, opioids, right? So you you take a look and you say you have a bunch of people that you know. I know you know because I know them. Oh, I know that you. Do these drugs, Same people, right? That do these drugs, and I think to most people they're probably above successful. And so I don't. Are we don't, just are we measuring success purely off income? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying, like they, in their own eyes. If they wanted to compare themselves to their peers, or because everybody is going to deem themselves successful in different ways, of course. Well, yeah. But I think somebody I think in my mind, I'm a great basketball player. <laughs> I think even in your mind, you can realize it not. <laughs> but I, I'm just going to push back. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I want to say. And you could say this, of course. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm just saying. Here. Yeah, and, and I'm just saying from my point of view, I'm like I don't know if drugs equal being unhappy or unsuccessful. Really? Okay. No. So. Um, You don't think, and and we've actually talked about this, so I'm actually curious that you have this take here. You don't think looking yourself in the mirror as you're popping that designer drug, it's like, fuck, I need this to normalize myself. Yeah. And you're going to defend saying these are successfully happy people, right? Because we aren't just saying monetarily successful. Yeah. We're talking all aspects to include personal life, professional life, maybe spiritual life. Right, yeah. it, and you're gonna say, looking yourself in the mirror, you have to pop this pill to normalize it. They're actually successful in multiple facets of life. It's a great question. It's, it's there's just no way in hell you believe that. I, I know you. I, I know, I know, I know. You're you're taking all of our past conversations and Isn't accumulating yeah, in this twenty-year I know. I know. podcast I know. in the making. Great. And, and, and <laughs> I'm not trying to say I've changed my mind on it. I just don't know if I've conveyed it properly yet today. Um, what I'm trying to say to everybody, you know, listening and even Jared of course here is <clears throat> I don't, okay. So I don't know if I can judge somebody's, you know, happiness and things like that. Cause maybe you got one drug that they need to take for say three months of their life or whatever it is. And they have a real addiction because their mother just died or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I might have just met them and I'm like, I'm going to discount this person because I know that they're taking a certain drug. Maybe they're addicted to heroin for five months because they went through, their mom had heroin and they thought they tried out, they died, they went through some type of weird situation. 
their wife died or something. I don't know. I just know that there's periods of time. And I get it. It's harmful. I am not, I'm not disagreeing. It's not harmful to do drugs. Okay. I'm just saying that I don't know if the use of drugs equals unhappiness, if that makes sense. I do think that it does correlate to probably a downward spiral in your future life. So I don't, I, maybe I'm just not able to convey it properly. I so, don't know. So, maybe you can have, maybe you can. So, so I think, I think you agree with me. However, you don't agree to the extent that I'm stating it. Probably. I think yours is like an equal sign and mine's like a greater. Or if okay. Then. Okay. Yeah. I, I can live with that then. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm like, it is all right up until a certain point. Right. And you're like, like each sign never equals that kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being a little too idealistic here and, and living in this, you know, this utopian state. Um, Ones and zeros. Yeah. 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 But, and I'm like, guys, it's a one to five. Like, if you're a one on the scale of drug users, or are you a five-time user a day heroin on the streets looking for your next buzz? That's a five. I'm like, clearly it's a problem. Yeah. You could be a five. I'd rather you be a zero, right? But I'm, who am I to tell you? And that's where I'm like, I can't tell you what to do. So, okay. So we, we kind of we kind of breached the subject here earlier. We, I know. I think we're going to go for full circle here, which is perfect because I'm ready to get into the government intervention I, here. I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. Actually. So let, let me tee you up there. So I kind of, we breached the subject as far as, you know, when and where the government draw the line for the greater good of society, really, mm-hmm. really it's foundational principle and why government was established is to, is to protect and serve. Right. So it sounds like you have a little bit of opinion. There is where that line in the sand is, you know, is it at marijuana? Is it at meth? You know, yeah. where, where is it? Uh, so it's interesting it in when you say to protect and serve, right? I think that's, I don't know if that's correct or not. But how I've sounds always, good. yeah, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, I think when we wrote the constitution, right, we're in the United States, of course, guys. Um, and I think some folks would love to have this charter as well, but we said, Hey, the government is here f- to protect us from enemies, foreign and domestic. Yep. That's the, part of the officer oath right? in the military. Yes. And that is pretty much the foundational principle. And then we pretty much amended some of those things that includes your freedoms of speech. Bill of rights, baby. Exactly. Right. So we pretty much start to say that that's what we're here for. We're here to make sure that your enemies from foreign districts, we're pretty much making sure that other people can't invade you and that we don't have internal people, uh, murdering people. Yeah. That's the domestic part. Exactly. Right. Okay. So are we stating that drugs are a domestic threat? And that's where I think you're kind of saying it is. And I'm like, I don't know if it is. Because that it wouldn't be the government's ch- in their charter to protect us from drugs unless it is a domestic threat. And I don't think that was the original thought process when the founders were thinking about that. And of course, we can think of maybe maybe nowadays it is. But in my perspective, I'm like, I don't know if personal choice to use a drug is a domestic threat because I'm choosing to do it it's not like the drug is threatening me to use it. What do you think about that? Who who's selling these drugs? N- not the little dime bag junkies on the street, but like who's actually moving these drugs? Probably w- would you other say countries probably. W- would you say they're good people traditionally? Like okay. high moral character guys? So you're saying that they have a um, malintent? A little bit. Interesting. Right. Okay. I didn't. I, I wouldn't have thought that. But maybe oh, which I, I mean, I, I I don't know what kind of person does move drugs that doesn't have a malintent. Like it, it's literally, I'm giving you a substance that I know is going to F your life up. Well, again, in small amounts, some of these drugs could be very, maybe life saving. Clearly why we have opiates, clearly why we have some, I'm sure some drugs, right. were developed with, like you mentioned LSD to help engineers mm. think out of the box. Now you're right. These people are developing because they want to make money. Right. Out of and, other people. And, and you make, exactly. And, and at their, at their demise, honestly. Yeah. They, they have a horrible uh, the DD, repeat customer. and demise. They, they, they have a horrible repeat customer because they, they end up dying. Okay. I like where you went full circle here and even took the foreign threat of, <laughs> of other countries. So yeah. so if you are a... Colum- if, I'm, if I'm up against the ropes, man, I'm not just going to lay down. I can't <laughs> all that. you I saw you thinking there, buddy. I had was, to. I had to. I love it. Um, okay. So I am a Colombian cocaine manufacturer and exporter. Yep. And America is my number one importer. They love the cocaine. They love to use it, and I'm going to keep on producing it. You're saying that Colombian cocaine producers are a threat, and the government should shut that down. Mm. 
I mean, I think that's kind of the foundational principle on the war on drugs. I mean, that's why, you know, we kind of intercept these these submarines, right? 100%. I, I'm okay with the current the current initiative, the current motives, and the current uh, practices. War, war on drugs? Yeah. So you so right now, uh, so we're kind of getting to our third beer here, and I like yeah. this, because I feel like we're kind of slowly uncovering where our positions are. A little bit. A little, little the, sheets have, the sheets have slightly been pulled back. Jared right now has shown himself a little bit. He's stating that the war on drugs is actually probably good a little bit. In principle. Okay. Maybe not, but I'm done properly in some cases, right? I mean, I think, I think Dare is a horrible downfall. I, think, I mean, that's so crazy because I think the, Dare is fantastic. Oh, the Dare program has been wildly mocked. It's not even in schools anymore. Which is crazy because I thought Dare was so good. Like, it made me deathly afraid. Exactly. Because. Look, and, and truthfully, I was scared shitless about secondhand smoke. <laughs> I, I think the uh, dare hor- did a fantastic job, made me very, very upset. And then also my sexual education in like high school and my health class, I'm like, yep. oh my God, I did not know you could get that kind of shit. Look. Those two things can scare you into paralyzed it, doing it. It can. It depends on what person you are. Exactly. Huh? It can, while you and I clearly had a very aligned view, Yeah. there are many that outnumber us. By a significant amount. I, I do not have the data in front of me, so I don't want to pretend I do. I didn't know we were going to end up in the D.A.R.E. conversation, really. But, it, it, like, D.A.R.E. is wildly mocked in the police force as far as – it was billions, with a B, of dollars that have been flushed down the drain because all it did is peak a little interest. Oh, shit, I didn't know it would do that. Oh, it might wreck my world, but also, man, apparently when you're high, it's kick-ass. You know, people, we think very instantaneous gratification, right? They don't really realize long-term effects. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to go down the deer path. I don't know that much about it. Neither you know, do I'm I. Sure. I just know it's wildly mocked. It's actually like humorous in the police department. Well, it's humorous, but I, it, it worked on me and worked on you. That means two out of two right here, man. That, that's 100% odds I, I, right I there, I mean, buddy. If, if, if we want to play that game, I'm sure I can share a couple of stats about you and I that are outliers. That's true. So but still. we want to play that game, I, I win. So um, – before you show everything, you've already showed your cards a little bit. I actually I'm giving wrote it up down. all on the first date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what I wrote down here is the current solution is that we have most drugs illegal with some exceptions, uh, such as alcohol and tobacco. Uh, marijuana being the third one that's being more and more prevalent. Would you agree that's kind of the current solution? Is, hey, we've made it illegal. We've penalized it pretty highly. If yeah. you have, if me and you walk down the street right now with heroin in our pocket, we're probably, um, you know, and we get pulled over. We're probably going to land some jail time or a pretty big fine. In 47 of the 48 lower eight. Like, what's yeah. the other three? Why? Like Oregon and what other state? Just Oregon. Oh. And, and then of the lower, like, oh, uh, oh Hawaii, I got you. So I'm 49 sorry. to 50. Yeah. You're not counting Hawaii. Okay. You said lower. I, continental. I yeah, CONUS. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. You went right Low, over my head. Lower there, buddy. 48. Yeah, you went right over my head there, buddy. Lower I don't know 48, how that CONUS. Works. Um, anyways, um, so. You know, if I have a little bit of heroin in my pocket, a little bit of cocaine, a little LSD or whatever the thing is like that, that would be illegal. So that's kind of the current solution is illegal. We will criminalize it because we don't think you should be putting that in our body. I am going to go pretty drastic here. Um, I love it. Let's hear it. And I can't even believe I'm saying this. My wife, when she listens to this, she's probably going to be like, are you out of your mind? Please don't tell her. She'll listen. She'll but, yeah, I know, but please don't tell her before she oh, listens. No, no. Yeah. Are you out of your mind? Um, our child is going to grow up in this world that you're creating if, if this gets passed. Both your children. I know, right? Both of them, right? And I'm going to be like, well, you know what? Half, I, I am failing as a parent if if a rule I, – I don't expect my child to go 800 miles an hour on a freeway because I'm going to show them, hey, that's dangerous, right? Even though there's a speed limit, I'm going to show them, hey, just because there's a limit, you probably shouldn't be going 150 miles an hour. I'm going to show them certain things, right? Here's one. I get it, guys. Drugs are bad. I'm going to teach you that they're bad. But am I really supposed to tell you, Jared Jones, what you and your wife, you know, if you guys want to do some shrooms here in this house, I don't know why I'm allowed to do that. So my here's my, my solution. And you can come at me however you'd like to here. I'm sure you're going to attack it greatly, <laughs> thickly, and massively. Abruptly. Yeah. Um, I'm saying we should legalize the drugs. We should tax the sales of them, very similar how we do with tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, and then remove all funds going towards 
education and rehab and things like that from other tax revenue streams and replace it with those taxes. So right now, um, you know, we have rehab centers, we have medical bills, we have education services like DARE, whatever it may be. Yep. Um, and those are getting tax. Those are getting um, uh, budgeted from revenue from say property tax, from sales tax, from federal income tax, yep. things like that. Yep. No more doing that, guys. Either reduce those taxes or put those into better things, healthcare, into whatever it is. And the only money you can spend on that is the taxes that you raise from heroin purchases, cocaine purchases, things like that. Because mm -hmm. now the users are essentially paying for the possible prevention of malintent and also education of it. I think that's a good cycle. What do you think there? You know, truthfully, it's a good take. Um, I, I do have a couple pushbacks. And one, look, I understand, you know, in, in, in all honesty, I do think at times you're, you're a very humble person, right? Yeah. Um, but I do want you to be very honest when I ask you this question. Okay. Do you think you're a good father? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. definitely, yeah. Do, do you think you are very involved in Lillian? I mean, how, you, you, the, the, our, our wives and I and you and I have, uh, you know, had many a game nights and oh, dinners yeah. and everything, but yet you pause the conversation regardless how heated or how, you know, cool the night is. You will pause to hug your daughter goodnight, kiss her goodnight, oh, yeah. you know, all that good stuff. You, you are, I would say, an involved father. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Right. Would you say that's the exception or the rule or, or the masses, uh, right? Because you're, you're, you're essentially saying, hey, I don't want the government to be yeah, uh, the parent, right? Would you say that's in, in specifically in the um, middle to lower income families, would you say that's the, the norm or the exception? You know, I, I don't know if I could speak on that. I don't know if I feel comfortable. Okay, okay, let's, yeah. let's go with stats. Yeah. With the minority groups, is it usually a three-person household, or is is one of the parents absent? <clears throat> those are stats. You you can't deny those. Yeah, I think uh, a good. Yeah, you're you're 100 right. Okay. Uh, you so 80 percent of minority households that are single parent. It's sad. Yeah, sad. A foundational problem. That's a different podcast, Which, different issue. Yeah. So with that, I'm gonna add that to my podcast because right now. you are a, a a properly and adequately appropriately involved parent, as is your wife Anna, yeah. of course. Um, Way so, better than me. So who the hell is the government to say, hey, you, you need to do X, Y, and Z with Lillian, right? So I, I get where you're coming from in a very myopic view. Hey, I am properly parenting Lillian here, right? And, and guys, for our listeners, that's his daughter's name. What about the masses? Like I said, you know, they're not just talking about the U's and the Anna's of the world. They're talking about the 330 million Americans of the world. Look, and I understand it's very difficult to create policy for you as it is a, you know, a, a, a deadbeat father who, you know, abandoned their, abandoned their kid early on. I, I get it's very different. But uh, however, the, the challenge, the task at hand is to figure out a common ground to make it best for the masses. And because it does infect, or in fact, that's an improper word, because okay. it does affect so many people, I, I do feel like, and, and it cringes when I have to say this, that the government does have to step in and say, hey, you know, I, I look, I, I wish that you guys could all be big boys and big girls and create your own laws, if you will, inside your family and teach your daughter and sons what's right and what's wrong. But unfortunately, that's just not happening. This is challenging. No, it's a great rebuttal. Great rebuttal because you evoked an re emotional response for me because I, I do try to be really great with my daughter. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I can attest to it. I've, I've seen yeah. it. Man. Um, and I think everybody, every parent does. And, and some people are put into positions where they can't and, and they might lack in some aspect. Maybe they didn't have the best parents growing up. Maybe they um, are strapped uh, for money. Maybe they're not in the best situation community or housing wise. And so unfortunately you're not able to do that because whatever reason and your child now resorts to drugs. Yep. And, and I think most people probably fall into that cycle younger in life. Mm -hmm. um, I, I actually don't know that stat, guys, but I, I would imagine as cigarettes and alcohol, normally it's a younger generation, and then it just turns into a kind of vicious cycle, right? I'm guessing heroin addiction, all that stuff probably is pretty young at life too. And, and so you're saying that because... I, I understand... Because I'm coming from a place of almost privilege, right? Look, I'm not trying to use, no, I'm not no, trying to use the buzzwords right now. Yeah, all I'm you. saying is you and your wife are... 
great parents. Yeah. No, we for, do. For, we, yeah. Uh, every letter of the law, right? Yeah. We do a good job or we thought we think we do. We yeah, try you, a good job. You, you yeah. try your damnedest. Sometimes yeah. you fail, sometimes you succeed, but at the very, at the very least, no one can doubt your involvement in your yeah. intent and your, your wants. So you're saying, okay, well. And some, that's not the masses, man. That's not the masses. Well, yeah, but again, man, I don't like, and it, it's weird because here's a weird law that I'm kind of for smoking a cigarette in your car with your child in your backseat. Tempe, not all of Arizona. Tempe, that's illegal. A couple cities in Arizona, that's illegal. That's interesting, and I'm like, yeah, that should be illegal. Right? And that's honest. That's honestly very odd because now it's a government jumping in on a drug use, but because it's affecting a Making minor. parents better, essentially. Yes. Forcing parents to be better. This is a weird one. Forcing okay. parents to be more caring. <sighs> or adults. I know. So so your, your, your stance is, is hey— my there stance is that reluctantly, the laws have to say that. Like, I think, you know, we kind of beat the whole marijuana thing to, yeah. to death. I, I'm okay with marijuana. And maybe I'm a hypocrite for drawing this arbitrary line in the sand. Eh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the law needs to remain. Hey, marijuana, let, all right, everyone, you know, let's get on board with that. But the other, the cocaines, the meth, the fentanyls, the, come on, we, we, we got to draw this line somewhere. Again, I believe the overarching principle and the overarching purpose of the government is to protect and serve us, right? Yeah. And, and and look, I, I want to live in that utopian state, Cody. I want to think of everyone as a nuclear family. I want to think that yeah. you know everyone has these involved parents. But the, the facts remain that there are a lot <sighs> of families that grow up broken. There are a lot of families that don't give a shit about their children. Okay. So you're stating, okay, hey, the families that maybe – are able to support their children or they're able to just support their general life, it probably wouldn't affect them as much. It, the drug uses, things like that. It, in my limited scope and view and opinion, yeah. I would say it would not affect them. Right. I would say that's not good parenting to allow your kids yeah. to do that. Yes. So, so like, let's just say the law changed tomorrow. I don't think my life or my children's life would be dramatically affected by it because I would try to be a good parent and, and teach them, Hey, Love yes, it. there's negative to it and there's yep. positive to it. It's your choice. But again, I'm not for it because of these reasons. Yep. That would be my job. And you're stating, Hey, there are some parents out there that would not properly educate. Possibly there are single parent households that are just strapped for time. It's going to be a pain. In the, it's going to be hard. It's, there's only so many things you can do as a single parent. Uh, clearly we need to do a whole episode on that. Um, so there's just, there's time constraints. There's, there's, there's constraints when you don't have the ability to go through all that. So what happens is your children fall into a drug use scenario. And you're saying the government can step in as a parent. Reluctantly, that's what I'm saying, yes. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't like what I'm saying, but I think for the greater good of the country as a whole, that's what I'm saying. And I do stand by that, man. So interesting because I I have we just uh, talked about this the other day. I know about how California there is a, a journalist in San Francisco that actually thinks that children should belong to the state and randomly assigned because it would help reduce the amount of privilege to people that are growing up in certain communities and it randomize randomizes the amount of situations. So you're. I'm not saying you're you're making this so that it's a slippery slope, but you're giving power in a family household where I just don't know if I can agree with you. Like I I understand where you're coming from. The intent is all good, and I think most government is. But as soon as you say, "Hey, you know what? You can tell a parent what they're allowed to do or they're not allowed to do," well, why don't I just tell the kid where they can and cannot live? I'm not. I'm not trying to position this as the the government telling the parent what to do. I'm telling you the government can say, "Hey, what's what's illegal what's, and illegal?" What's, exactly. Okay. Well, what if I'm not even a parent? What if I'm a single adult and I plan on being single for the rest of my life? Why can't I do a little LSD while I'm tripping in my backyard? I'm not even a parent now, so it just seems hmm. <sighs> that you may have gotten me. You're telling me a single person by himself. With no intent or herself, yeah, yeah, by yeah. themselves. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I don't have a I don't have an adequate rattle for that. Yeah. I like your parent thing because I get sensitive on that kind of stuff because I want kids to always have a better life than the past generation. And in America, we've done that. 
we've done honestly a utopian thing where every generation gets better lives. That's that's a. It could be uh, fizzling out, but it is right now. What is it? Uh, let's let's go uh, neutral here on this. Strong people make easy times. Easy times make hard people. Or easy people. Easy people make hard times. Hard, hard times make easy people. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, we're we're right in the middle of all that nonsense. But all I'm saying is that we've in America for the last hundred to two hundred years, we've seen a drastic increase in lifespans and happiness and incomes. We, we are happier than our grand, great, great, great grandparents were, right? Most great, great grandparents came over from Europe with a dollar in their pocket without a job. And, and now they're we, lucky they had a dollar. Exactly. Yeah. So we are much happier. Um, so I, I always get sensitive on the parent stuff because I do, I, I do want to help people that are not as privileged, maybe didn't have two parent households, didn't grow up with, um, you know, certain types of, you know, community structure, maybe didn't go to a school that had uh, maybe team sports, whatever it may be, right? There's a lot of challenges that people go through. And I'm not discounting any of that. I just don't know when the government should step in. And I, I just don't know if I can break the line and say, you know what? They should step in to tell me what I could put in my own body. I'm sitting in my backyard. We're drinking a beer together right now. What's the difference between if we were just doing a little bit of mushrooms? You know, what, what, you know what's the difference? I, I think this podcast, I, I could see a volume two being six hit discussions. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about drugs anymore. We would be talking yeah. about aliens or yeah, fucking man, landing on Mars. Just I don't know. Joe Rogan it. <laughs> Just go go way off off yeah. topic, right? Yeah, man, I, I see your point. And, and look, man, um, I've been trying to stall here for at least the last couple minutes as far as to come up with a reasonable rebuttal, but I can't. For the single it, parent? Exactly. For the single person that's truly not impacting anyone positively and or negatively, just yeah. themselves. It's a personal choice. It's like the smoking in my car by myself. I don't care. Cool. Roll up the windows. I don't give a damn. Yeah. yeah. Right? We don't care. Agreed? Could care less. Yeah. So what's the difference between them doing a mushroom in their backyard? And, and that's that's where I will... Concede a little bit of ground. Uh, I will concede. I will concede on that one. And what's funny is, is as an American... That actually makes sense. Where we're, we're drawing the line means that you are not affecting another individual negatively. And, and, and where we're getting sensitive here and where, I, where I'm sensitive on is I don't want a parent affecting their children negatively. I don't, that's what you're trying to legislate around. Yeah. Right? But then all of a sudden we're like, wait, if you're all by yourself, who cares? So it's kind of like if there are good people out there that follow the rules, didn't you know do a bunch of heroin in front of their child – and then pass out for three hours. Unfortunately, there are circumstances that that occurs. And now we're like, let's legislate. That's why we have a war on drugs. Yeah. Because of situations like that, where you get a call from a seven-year-old, you know, little girl calling about her dad who's passed out on the toilet and she can't wake him up because he's dead. Like that call right there to 911 makes a reason to have all these rules. I would I agree, right? I, yeah. I don't think a logical, sane person would, would disagree with you that. You would never want that to happen to a little six-year-old. No. Or to the dad either. Well, so nah, yeah, I, I, I know, yeah. But the problem there is like, okay, what are we going to do? Oh, once you become a parent, you can't do certain drugs. Like, Okay, there's too <laughs> that, many that, that's gray area now. Exactly. Now we, now we, introduced, now we just took a 1,000-page bill into a 2,000-page bill. Right. So, okay, well, how about this? Why am I allowed to drink beer? So where's that line in the sand? Right? Why is beer allowed and I have children and all that kind of stuff? I could well, probably... beer's around because of the 21st Amendment. <laughs> but I'm saying like I could, <laughs> yeah, I, I, could I could be passed out drunk and I could have children. The 21st. 19th was prohibition, 21st yeah. was abolished. Yeah. Yeah. So I can do the same thing with alcohol. I, I know, man. And, and look, it is not perfect. And, and whenever you're making laws for the masses of 330 million plus, uh, it it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to fit every situation. I get there's a lot of commonalities because... There are a lot of people that abuse alcohol in front of their children. Horribly. Yes. Agreed. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not even going to try to... I'm not even going to try to make that argument, man. I know. So you still think drugs in general after marijuana should be illegal at this point? Still feeling pretty close to that? I, I, I got I to stick to my guns on this one because... Because of the masses here, I think it's best... I, I think it's best for over 165 million people. Yeah, I was going to say, you think it negatively, negatively impacts 51% of the population? Yes. And so thus, you know what? We got to care for the masses. We got to make sure that we don't. Yeah. And, and truthfully, I don't think it really impacts that 48 of the 49% I'm talking about. 
right? It only so, affects so, like three so percent. That's what I'm saying. So therefore, I'm like, hey, I could positively impact fifty one, and I could just kind of indifferently impact forty seven. So now I'm only kind of pissing off three or four percent, and I think I'm doing a good job. And, and look, we can talk about you know as far as the the criminal and the felonies, et cetera. That, that's a that's a separate rabbit hole that I think we could really dive dive into. Yeah, what should be penalties of all these? Exactly. But if I'm really talking about, I'm talking, I'm I'm either making 96 of my percentage uh, of my population, I'm making 96% of them either happy and or indifferent, well, that's a win all day long. If we're really talking about five, 6% people max, or three to four, I think you said. I mean. Yeah. That probably use drugs often. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably smaller than that of America, but I, I let's just say it's between one and three. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, fuck. This is a hard one, man. I know. This is a hard one because I am a, not a proponent of drugs. Like, I really don't think – I think people should live healthy lifestyles. I think people should find happiness in a lot of other things. Like, I don't think you should be turning to a substance to find happiness. Never. If you're doing that, life is unhappy. What do we got here, man? What do we got, like, four, four minutes? Let's see here. Yeah, we got a couple minutes. Um, the only other thing, dude, I wanted to bring up, and we need to take two minutes here. Uh, is if we decriminalize drug uh, drug use, if the, if kind of where I'm trying to go down in my rabbit hole here, my, my track here versus yours, if you did that, it would also decrease the amount of bad drugs on the street. Do you think that has any value? Because oh, you're talking about like making a little bit more FDA approved type. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just say like I can walk down to my CVS and I can buy Tylenol. I can buy fentanyl, yeah, yeah. I can buy heroin, I can buy cocaine. So in Canada, they're trying to figure this out. Canada's trying to figure this out right now where they can just pretty much have it all just like marijuana. Marijuana is not even really that regulated just yet. It's probably going to get more like tobacco where, hey, when I get a cigarette, I know exactly how much I'm getting in there. Yeah. Right? This beer, 4.6 is on here. Yep. I know that this is actually about a beer and a half of a light beer. Right? When it says 12 on there, I'm like, ooh. So that's a good one. <laughs> that's three beers. <laughs> yeah. But. Right now, if I go buy, let's just say we go down to your local buddy over here, you know, your guy that you know you always buy heroin from. Yep. Um, Old Jimmy. Do I actually know how much heroin is really in there? And oh, how do much I know fentanyl? how much fentanyl is in it? Yeah. Bingo, right? Yeah. And so do you think that is part of the conversation at all? Is regulating yeah. it just so that we don't get overdoses, we don't get this yeah. crazy yeah. drugs so, on the street? So first and foremost, I want to condemn all of our drug dealers that are that are listeners that are lacing their shit with fentanyl. Why in the hell you would want to kill your repeat customers is beyond me. So shame on you from a business standpoint. Like you're a dumbass. Like you took a great stream of getting this highly addictive substance and providing it. Like no, I don't think that was the intent. They're making it even more addictive because it gives a better high. Fentanyl, you're killing them. I, I know, but they're but <laughs> you're fent- killing them. That is true. Yeah. yeah, I think you're a dumbass. Yeah, it's plenty addictive enough. Stop tweaking with the formulas. So I know. Stop. Right? So yeah, obviously I'm, I'm yeah. making a horrible joke there. Yeah, but um, yeah, but that's interesting. And I think we talked about that a little bit uh, in our marijuana podcast, yeah. as far as you know the regulations and and the, the safety aspect. Again, I know if I take you know a, a tequila sunrise versus a Coors Light, I know I'm going to get a lot more drunk quicker on a tequila sunrise because I know I'm getting into it's where there's a lot of ambiguity in in, 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 the, in, the, in the local Jimmy, you know, down the down the street. So I get that, and I see your point. And in, in short, of course, you know, if you involve the FDA. Um, you're going to uh, invite a lot of barriers, a lot of, um, you know, proving ground for these drug suppliers. So, of, of course, you would get a more pure, ideally, a more pure and more uh, regulated, more um, measurable, I guess is the yeah, word I'm looking like, for. Hey, more I'm measurable. I'm buying one unit, not exactly 18 one Exactly. Time. So, of course, to answer your question, you, you would get a more uniform substance, but. Do you still- erase the black market that way? Which is good. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. Um, taxable. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah. No. Still not. I, I I still draw the hard line in. Okay. I still draw the hard line. So you think you know what? War on drugs. Get rid of them on the streets. All of them. If you're doing them, rest them all. And it's funny. Is in the Philippines they're doing this right now. The Philippines president. I don't know if you saw any of this. I've not seen anything. So the Philippines president is 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 taking the war on drugs to a whole nother level. Ooh. Like every single night. I'm sure this is gonna backfire. I mean, let's hear it. Let's <laughs> share this. He's arresting a lot of people, and he also has a death penalty for drug users. Instant. Uh, instant. 
like instantly. Like I think Close last year or the last couple of years is like 15,000 people that are just shot on the spot if they're using drugs, uh, you know, when they're found, which I'm not for whatsoever. I don't think you are either, but he pretty much said, Hey, I have heroin ravaging people right now. Like people are becoming addicted to heroin because it's just like coming through a whole village or a whole town. And all of a sudden I have 20, 30, 50 people that are highly addicted or passed out on the streets or dying or overdosing. punishment doesn't fit the crime on that one. It doesn't. It's like you're not affecting anybody negatively, so why are you getting, you know, shot on the spot? But anyways, I'm just saying, like, you know, that's what they're doing in the Philippines where they have a zero-tolerance policy. You know, they got weird, you know, some some countries have weird policies on this stuff, guys, like Singapore. You know, I think you get arrested for, you know, throwing your, you know, you have gum on you. You know, so um, every country has their own rules. This is not how U.S. does stuff. You know, I think we do a little more like, hey, Liberty with some rules here and there kind of thing. Um, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. As always, please give us a follow at Six Pack Discussions. Um, again, you know, we get these topics from you straight from your listeners, uh, straight from our listeners, rather. So please, uh, <laughs> if we're wrong, if we, you have a different perspective, never be afraid to just kind of slide in our DMs or, you know, comment a couple of our posts and that way we can address them. And I, I would love nothing more than to uh, have a correction episode. You know, yeah, hey, rehash it out, Jared. Whenever you said X, Y, and Z, dude, you're so freaking off. You know, please, <laughs> please, please tell me where I'm off. So again, at Six Pack Discussions, give us a follow, give us a, uh, give us a listen. Uh, look forward to next episode. Yeah, see you guys. Have a good one.